0: You are listening to the Yummy Mummy Podcast, episode number 71.
1: Welcome to the Yummy Mummy Podcast, where you will learn brand new and shockingly different tools to lose weight for the last time. And now, here's your host, certified life and weight loss coach, Laura Conley.
0: Woohoo! Hey, Yummy Mummies! I have another very special Yummy Mummy with me. Today, I have Tori. Corey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Tell, introduce yourself to us. Tell us about okay. you, where you live, how many kids you have, all the things. All right. Well, I'm Tori. I live in Northern
1: California, San Francisco Bay Area. I have two boys. I used to say little boys. They're not little anymore. Nine mm. and 11 and a dog, which keeps me very active. So yeah. And we and you have a husband too, right? I do have a husband. So I am definitely a, a mom of boys. I live in a house with a lot of boys, including my boy <laughs> pup. So that's who I am.
0: I love it. And how did
1: we get connected? I think like a lot of the mummies initially, we found you through Kelly Levesque yeah. through her podcast. But yeah. what was so interesting to me, and I can remember this in the first time we chatted is that I had been listening to another podcast, similar life coaching, and it was for the doctors only, right? A friend oh. of mine is a physician and she had co- shown me this podcast, God, maybe three or four years ago. And So I was really familiar with the model and I I would listen to her podcasts and every other week or so I'd be like, gosh, this sounds like really cool work to do, but I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I have nothing to do with the um, health industry. So it kind of just, I always thought about like emailing her and be like, would you ever take anybody (laughs) who's not a doctor? you know?" I was so intrigued by really by the model work, by how the thought model can influence Weight loss and making healthy changes, up leveling in, in life. And so, when I heard Kelly's podcast with you, and I knew you were talking about like reparenting the diet brain and talking about like really talking to ourselves, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like that other podcast I listened to. And so, it was a oh perfect timing. God. You were just getting ready to open up a program. You and I chatted, and the rest is history. That so is so funny because timing. I was.
0: Li- I was literally just thinking about who you're talking about is Katrina Ubell, who has a a program for um, physicians. And I was just thinking about her program because it's really popular in the... Physician world. Uh-huh. She doesn't even. She's so strict. She doesn't even let like nurses, vets, yeah. like like chiropractors in. Like she's super yeah. exclusive. And I was thinking about her. I was like, I was like, I will be the yummy mummy. Will be for the people that can't get into Katrina's program, but like four thousand times better too. A hundred percent. I mean, it
1: was this light bulb like moment. Like, oh my gosh, I found the person I should be working with. Once oh I heard God. you, so I was super excited.
0: So tell us about like your before, like, who were you before the yummy mommy experience? Why did you struggle with your weight or food or your body? Like, just tell us a little bit about your background and, you know, you in relationship to that part of you. Yeah, definitely. So, I've
1: been tall from a very young age. And so I grew up with a I grew up with a really supportive support system. I mean, really strong female role models, very strong parenting role models that I never it was never really about my size and I always mostly identified just with my height. And then as I got older, after college, I went into event planning the hospitality industry, restaurant business. I spent about 20 years in the restaurant business, which will um, mm. definitely give you some sort of, I don't even want to say issues with food. I was constantly around food. I was constantly yeah. writing menus. I was writing menus to make mm. food sound really delicious. I was going oh. to restaurants all the time. I was doing a lot of research and development. So I kind of looked at that piece of my identity as um. A big piece of who I was. And yeah. I there were weight struggles in there, but I wasn't ever necessarily super unhappy or at a place where I'd felt like I'd totally let myself go. It was just kind of acceptance of this was my yeah. life and this is who I am and this is what I do and carried a few extra pounds. I I would always joke, like definitely in my 20s and early 30s, like it was my like is my wine belt, you know? I was like, you yeah. got my wine belt. Like it was just oh. that extra little layer. But then the wine belt I noticed was just kind of a puffiness all over that again, oh. I kind of I don't want to say i resigned myself to being comfortable with it, but it just was who I was. And I yeah. was like, Oh, this is, this is, that's just who I am. I'm yeah. active. I had always been active from a young age, played sports all through high school and always was really active in college still even active when I was, you know, living in the city and kind of doing my thing in my twenties. So I always kind of use that it, it, my mind always counterbalanced that with my lifestyle. I'd be like, sure. I'd be out really late at night and doing all these restaurant things. And then I'd be up and I'd make the boot camp in the morning and I, yeah. you know, it just always, I, I justified it, I guess is the best yeah, way to put totally. it. Um, so fast forward, I had two kids.
0: Um, that makes sense too, just to talk about you kind of identifying with your job, because my guess is, I mean, I totally see myself still, but before I saw myself as like such a foodie and loved to try all the restaurants. And it was like part of my identity. So it was almost mm-hmm. like I had to accept these like extra pounds because to me, there was like no other choice. It was like, totally. well, I'm not going to like give up going to restaurants. It's like my favorite thing to do. So like, it doesn't sound like maybe it was as negative for you as it was for yes. me. Cause for me, I felt like I just kind of accepted defeat. Right. That's but, exactly yeah. how I was. Yes. I just kind of resigned myself to it
1: and thought, well, this is, This, I, I'm not going to be the person that doesn't try all the things. There were two choices and I chose the one that was just going to kind of the path of least resistance. I wasn't going to be the one that was ordering all the obscure things. I worked for somebody for many years who is, was one of those people that would order Everything on the menu, everything on the menu. So, oh, and it wasn't that it was pushing you, but you just, yeah. it was more of like it was professional courtesy. It was, it, I'm not going to lie, there was certainly some, you know, pleasure in that too, that it was just what I did. Right. So,
0: well, I think and, that's what makes it so hard is because there's this courtesy thing that's happening mm-hmm. and it's pleasurable. So, totally. it's like, the deck is stacked against us and we've got the food that tastes so good. We've got our lower brains, we've got our boss there or Mm -hmm. whatever. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I mean, it's like a lose, lose situation. If we want to weigh what we want to weigh. Exactly. And I found tricky ways to
1: stay where I was and not completely let myself go. Part of that was exercising a lot, staying active, reading a lot of things, just make sure like that I was, you know, like trying to keep myself healthy go to my doctor regularly who would say all your blood work looks great, you know, and be like, okay, well, yeah. I guess I'm fine. Then I can yeah. just keep doing what I'm doing. So then fast forward, I had a couple of kids and actually had really fine pregnancies. I, I was able to kind of bounce back from them to the person I was before. Right. Yes. Which was very comfortable. And then, so I guess it was early part of last year that I just thought, you know, there are ways that I can level up my thinking. And I realized that I wanted to just feel lighter in Mm. my body and lighter in my thoughts. And Mm. when I heard your podcast and when I heard, then once I heard you on Kelly's and then kind of did a total deep dive on all of your other podcasts, I was like, okay, this is to me, it felt like a no brainer. And to me, it was like, this is my next step. I feel like as humans, we always kind of constantly want to be growing and evolving. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, I've been doing the same thing for so many years. My kids are getting a little bit older. Um, I'm going to give this a try. It's like, just what if I tried something that I had never tried before? And I know my quote comes up like that sometimes because I had tried all the things in terms of reading all the books, staying active, joining the boot camp, doing the things that I felt Seemed quote unquote healthy to me. And I was like checking those boxes, but it wasn't yeah. until we started working together that I could take all of that knowledge and really start applying it and do oh. a
0: deeper dive on my brain, um, yes. which I needed slash wanted to do. Really badly, yeah. So, And so many people, I think, can identify with that because. They know all the things, right? Like if you were mm-hmm. listening to this podcast right now, I'm sure you've read you're just like Tori and I, right? You've read all the books, you've done all the boot camps, you've done the cleanses, you've researched the blah, blah, blah. But it is about the application of all that knowledge. Like it's not about getting more knowledge. It's about getting the knowledge like into our bodies in a sustainable way mm-hmm. and really applying it and like being it really.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And that's what, once we started diving into that, it really started to, to make sense. But then to the point that we constantly talk about in the program is it it is a lifelong practice. I realized that from the onset that this was not going to be just a quick fix. This was going to be something that was going to change patterns of behavior for Mm -hmm. life. Right. And I, I think I had some kind of reconciling to do with some past behaviors that had gotten me to a place where, I was comfortable. And part of that was starting to get a little bit uncomfortable and working through those feelings of discomfort.
0: But so cool is it sounds like, I mean, you're such a positive person, but it really sounds like you wanted to go through this transformation or exploration from a place of like already somewhat abundant, which is really cool because I think a lot of clients come and they are like desperate and they are like just so disgusted with themselves. And it's kind of cool how you are saying, you know what, like, yeah, I was a little uncomfortable, but what I really wanted was the level up. It wasn't, it doesn't sound like it was from such a place of lack. And I just think that is a cool permission slip to give to people that you can be like, satisfied or whatever the the word is for you and still want more for yourself? Absolutely. And I think there's just, there's so much growth that we can get if
1: we're willing to kind of take open the box a little bit more and go a little bit deeper. And that's where I feel like it, this came at a perfect time in my life. Cause I think, like I said, I was pretty content. I was pretty content with where I was and I was, it was full resignation. It was just really a content. I I didn't, I wasn't fully uncomfortable. But I started to realize that once you said something at one point about when we introduced the concept of the commitment energy versus the attachment energy, Mm -hmm. and there was such a shift for me there that I didn't ever necessarily identify so much with being super attached to the outcome of this. Mm -hmm. I can remember writing in my journal one time, I think you asked the question, like how inevitable is your future self? How inevitable is this next step. And I was like, well, it's a hundred percent inevitable. Like it didn't even Mm -hmm. question. I didn't question it. But then what I had to work through is the time piece of it. Right. Which I didn't, which no one knows. Right. And we talk about that a lot, but that to me gave me a little bit of like pause. I would be like, okay, well, it's happening faster for others, weights coming off faster for others. And you and I had a whole conversation, I think a coaching session about that, that why do you think that is? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, it's obviously something I'm doing wrong or something that I should be doing differently. And you're like, think of one more thing when we're talking through it. And it's like, they had different thoughts. Oh yeah. They had different thoughts. Like it all mm-hmm. came back to that. And it was like, okay, so let's see how this plays out. And I think that was the point for me where I became less attached to the outcome and much more committed to the process. Yeah. And again, I always say all the time, I feel like I'm at the very start of like my journey, like, cause it is such a lifelong thing. Yeah. I still identify as young ish. So this is just a, this is just the start of
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so fun. So speak to that a little bit, because I think if somebody is in the shoes that I was in five or 10 years ago, and we're sitting here and we're like, this is a lifelong practice. And I think the energy around it for you and I is like one that's very liberating and free and expansive but if you're in the diet brain, you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to like do that. Like, what if I do this method? Like, then I'm going to have to do this for forever. And so I wonder, and, and you're such a dedicated journaler, what is your experience and what are your thoughts about this being a lifelong practice? Were you so, journaling every day or, or whatever? Yeah, that means for you? Yeah. Um,
1: Well, my thoughts are many, and I love all of your different analogies. And I I wanted to share one that's come up for me recently Mm -hmm. because I've been spending a lot of time around kindergartners, which is a whole segue away from hospitality and everything I was doing before. And it reminded me of, um, what I remember when my kids were going through kindergarten and learning to read. And I use this a lot when I was in my professional career that with people that I'd be mentoring, that I'd be like, well, you can't get to Z without learning all of the letters before Z. And then you can't learn to read without learning the letters and the alphabet and then the phonics and then putting them together. Mm -hmm. And so I just had this like thought a couple of weeks ago as I was applying it to this. Cause when we, I keep repeating, I write this in my daily downloads, it's a lifelong practice. And then I'm like, okay, I have to give myself something kind of tangible, like a real life experience, like your toothbrushing analogy that you always use that it. It's like, once you learn a skill and if you forget to do it one day, okay, you just pick it up the next day. And that's how I feel about this and applying it to learning to read. It's like, once you learn to put C-A-T together, to spell cat, then you can add on letters and eventually mm-hmm. start reading longer words. But you can't do that until you learn how to put those like segments together. Right. So I, I really feel like this practice is very much that there's, there is some foundational work. You have to master it in order to get to the next level. And the course is so wonderful for that, but it has to continue. And, and by saying that it's like when you learn to read, you don't stop reading. You don't forget how to learn to read because you stop looking at letters. You're going to be like, okay, well, I didn't practice reading today, but I know how to read. So it's like, I kind of look at these as like foundational right. tools. Like these are, I've got them now it's up to me to continue to use them and apply them in my daily life. Yeah. And, and you're and... not
0: right or wrong if you do one or the other, but you know, like it's you now, you know how to read. It's like, do you want to read or not, do you want to get better at reading? Do you yes. want to develop your literacy? Do you want to take it to the next level? Do you want to like, enjoy the, the books that are out there that are maybe a little bit more quote unquote advanced or like fifth grade level or like, you know, senior year level or whatever. Cause there's so much richness in those books. Totally. And it's like, you don't stop
1: learning to read just when you can put three words, three letters together, right? Like I was trying to tell my nine-year-old how to spell multiplication the other day. And I sat there and I worked with him to sound out every letter. Cause I'm like, yes, you've never spelled it before, but you know, the sounds of all these, you can put it together. Right. And so I looked Mm -hmm. at that as a teachable moment where you're like, this is just expansion. This is just moving to the next stage. And I feel like our work that we do within the group is so much like that too, that it's one thing might not apply to everybody, but there are foundational tools that absolutely apply to everybody in order to be successful
0: with this, which, you know, everybody in our group certainly has, which has been so wonderful to see. Yeah. It's so fun to watch. So what, I love that analogy. I was like, Ooh, cause you told me before you guys, she told me before she's like, I have a good analogy. And it's, it's so true because there's just more and more depth. Like I could never be, I mean, people out there probably, but I could never be like a master at like the English language. Right. Like there's always more for me to learn. Like sure. I can constantly develop mm-hmm. my vocabulary or read bigger books or study English in a different way. Right. So I think that, and to me, that's exciting because I don't like the idea of like being done. Cause it's like super boring. Like let's just continue to evolve, especially when it's ourselves that we're working on. So speaking of tools, like what is like one of your favorite tools that you learned that you got? I think for me,
1: I mean, I think the model for me has been probably the most transformational, not only with losing weight, but just in all areas of my life. And I was explaining to you earlier that I often use my journal in my workbook as kind of like my resource book. I'll go out, go back and look through if I'm in a rough patch or I'm just feeling, I don't even want to call it a rough patch. If I'm just thinking, okay, wait a second. What's, why am I stalled? What am I not doing? I can go back and keep looking through that. And what I noticed is I did a lot of thought models on all kinds of things. And mm-hmm. so I think that particular, tool, everything kind of funnels into that too. So when you learn about the hunger scale and you learn about allow power and you learn, you think, why am I not using allow power? Oh, let's, Put it in the thought model. Mm-hmm. We dump everything into the model. So I think for me, I felt like that was what I came here into this experience yeah. really wanting to learn the application of. And so I think ultimately that was what has kind of got me the results that I want, and and will keep me going. It's I've yeah. helped. I've used it with my kids. I even heard my husband talking about it the other day. It's, yeah, tell us about that. He used it back on me the other day. He's like, "That's just a thought." I'm oh. like, "Oh my god." Okay, here we go. But he's right, I know. you know. Um, you're
0: not allowed to use my coaching again. Exactly. Like, yes, oh my don't god. try to play the game with the one that taught you, okay? Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> yeah. But no, I used it with my kids. I used it um one time when my oldest was struggling with his handwriting, and I was like, We can fix this. And we just talked through it. And my husband is now coaching one of my son's baseball teams, and he oh my god, I meant to I gotta text this to you or send it to you. But he did a whole his he's like the shaman on the team, and he has all the kids ready. Out their goals and their pre-pitch, like what they're saying to themselves when they go up to bat, they're only 11 years old. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing because it is mindset and baseball is such a mental game. And the fact that this is like being infused upon young athletes at at their young ages, I just thought was so awesome. And I, and I, I credit him with that, not just me with that, but we have really cultivated, I think, a sense of really being aware of our thoughts in our house.
0: That's so fun. You get to do it with your family. It's so fun when the husbands are on board. I think about that all the time because I played sports growing up too and in high school. And I know I like sabotage myself like for sure. So like I can remember so many instances where I sabotage myself in my performance in lacrosse because mm-hmm. of my thoughts. I like got, I couldn't get out of my own way. I didn't know that there were my thoughts and then there was me right and oh my god it like is music to my ears to hear that your husband is teaching these kids, learn this in baseball, they're going to, they're
1: going to, well, if nothing else, they're going to have really good self-awareness and they're probably going to actually have probably more fun out there than they, nor than they would otherwise. Mm. But yeah, I think it can just be, it, you can really apply it to so many areas of your life. So I go back to that model for me personally, that was, I feel like what was, what was so impactful because it lended a gentleness to the process that I was controlling. Right. And not all the, you threw you, I I don't want to say you throw so much at us, but you offer so much. And we talk about this a lot and it doesn't, and there are things that resonate and there are things that, that, that fall a little bit lower for me. And so I felt like a lot of the things that resonated with me really, I would funnel through the thought model to, to really kind of cement them yeah. with my practice.
0: I mean, it is like by far my favorite tool. It, we, for we just, sure. you get, we get all like the power. The I mean, and I
1: think that's the, what I certainly what I was yeah. trying to accomplish through this is taking the power away from the food and the wine and all the things that it's like, no, it's, I have the power and I own the choices, right? And I, if, if I choose to go off pr- protocol, it's of my choosing. And again, it kind of goes back to the commitment energy that it's like, if I, I noticed at times if I were super attached to some progress or what wasn't happening, I could put it through the model and go, wow, this really comes back Mm -hmm. to me. I got to own the choices. I got to own the detours that I made that have me still right here. And I know a path forward and it's, this is my vehicle for the path forward. That to me, I was so
0: transformational. It's so empowering. Yeah. Yeah. It's so empowering because I think it's so much of like, at least my diet brain, what it used to do is like, oh, I, oh, this isn't fair. And I don't know why. And it would leave me so confused. Like, why did I just gain weight? I've been so good or whatever. And right. it's like, no, There's like, evidence right here really that eat. will tell you
1: yeah. that your choices are supporting your, I guess the data is your choices are supporting the data that you're finding out. And you can change that if you want to. Right. And I think a piece of that too is absolutely the discipline. And I think that I always had a little bit of a negative connotation with the word discipline. And I now see it in such a more positive frame that the discipline piece of it is what is gotten me a, the results that, that I set out to accomplish and B make me feel like I am, um, 100% in control of the changes. So the discipline, when I, like I say, when it used to have a negative connotation, it used to just feel too restrictive. It used to feel like, Oh, I don't want to be that person that makes a plan every day. And then that feels very diety to me. And then Mm -hmm. if I go off the plan, then what's going to happen. And then that means that I I just can't do this. And I think this is a very common theme that Mm -hmm. comes up, um, not only in our group, but I hear it totally. certainly in in the work that you do. But it, and so I think that I had to switch. There there had to be a switch in my brain that went to discipline as a pathway to creating these lifelong results via this lifelong practice. And so discipline doesn't yeah. feel as negative to me anymore. It definitely feels almost really like an anchor is something that I, um, and also something I'm really proud of. I mean, I think I struggled with kind of letting myself yeah. off the hook. So certainly through this process and prior to this and through this process, I was one that I kind of went a little bit easy on myself. And so I needed a little bit of discipline to just kind of right the ship, so to speak.
0: Yeah. And it's not like punishment, right? Like I think so many of us think of discipline and think punishment and that's why it's negative, but like the definition of the word is to teach. Right. And it's like, if we're teaching and we're learning, then we're growing. And it's so interesting. And I think so many people will say, Oh, I just give myself grace. I just let myself off the hook. But really what we're doing is Uh ignoring ourselves, ignoring what it is that we truly want deep down. And so again, it's not bad or wrong to eat off protocol or whatever. Right. But what I think the opportunity is like, can we look at like what went on there? Like, are we willing to look at it and love ourselves in those quote unquote mistakes or quote unquote failures? Right.
1: And that's so much what we've been talking about recently too, is just the growth that can come of mistakes or quote unquote failure. And I think that's certainly, that's something that we can apply to all areas of our lives. Those of us that are going through career changes or whatever it is, looking at it through what mistakes have I made in the past and where is my opportunity to Change that next time, and I say this to my little kindergartners all the time too. I'm not a kindergarten teacher, but I'm just helping in the kindergarten. And, but I say that all the time. Like they'll, you know, how many times am I gonna have to tell them not to take the balls over to the play structure mm-hmm. until they finally get it? And you go, okay, what? So you did it this time, but what can you do next time? Mm-hmm. I keep the balls on the blacktop. Amazing, and then yes. move on. So it really is. If we do, have and then when they it, make mistakes, when they make mistakes, what do you think
0: of? About them,
1: right? Like if so they haven't learned it yet and that it hasn't just stuck yet. And it was like, oh my gosh, that is what 43 years old, that's still
0: happening to me. Yeah, where do we lose that? Like we give these kindergartners, we're like, yeah, of course they didn't put the balls away properly. Like even though I told them to put the balls away properly because yep. they're still learning. It's like, they're still when learning. When do we stop using that sentence for I ourselves? Know. Like, I know. I'm just still learning. It's okay. Well, I will get there.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, I I think this whole process has shown me that, yes, we, I'm still very much learning and Mm. I'm learning a lot about myself and I'm learning a lot about habits. I'm learning a lot about feelings that I've carried with me for a long time. And I felt like I did have to kind of, I keep going back to like reconcile what I want to, what do I want to carry with me forward? Where Mm. I'm at this great place, I've had this great success, I would like to continue along this path. I'd like to continue to set goals for myself. I'd like to continue to fail forward. I love that saying, because I think that again, it's, we are all human and we can have a tendency to be very hard on ourselves. I think as women, as mothers, as professionals, yeah. it's like, just give a give ourselves some grace with some discipline. And yes. I think that's going back to my point about that. It was like, I think at one point I said, like using, like, I need, I use my protocols kind of like my bumper rails and like the bowling alley. Like, I just need to, I'm going to hit them every so often, but yeah. I know they're in place to, to keep me feeling the best that I can feel yeah. every
0: single day. So yeah, which is total freedom. It's like discipline, real true discipline, right? Is freedom. Even though so many of us like view it the opposite way, but real discipline, I feel like I should call it like delicious discipline. Exactly. Exactly. Delicious exactly. discipline. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just setting these parameters for yourself. So, and it feels just so, it just feels more spacious that way. Actually. So talk to us a little bit about like when you are in a, when you catch yourself in attachment energy, like how does that feel in your body? And when you catch and, and when you're then in commitment energy, what does that feel like? Like what do those two different concepts mean to you? And how do you know when you're in one or the other? Attachment energy feels very
1: constrictive and also feels, I think there's definitely feelings of shame and disappointment and frustration and every kind of negative indulgent emotion that you could name. I would put kind of in that category that it's like the more oxygen I give this over here, the more it it fuels it. Right. So I I think Mm -hmm. again, it's been such a practice for me to shift that to commitment energy, which does feel, it took me a while to get there, but feels very much, it feels lighter in my body. It feels attainable. It feels like it's mm. growth. And I think it just what got me there. It was the patience. And I feel like this whole journey has been a real exercise in patience for me because it's over the long arc of time that, that these transformations happen. And there's ebbs and flows. And it's been a constant reminder that like tide goes in, tide goes out attachment energy one day can easily be flipped by that evening. And so it, it, I guess I think constrictive is the best way that I could describe that Feeling that attachment energy and just that I didn't, I was losing the control. I didn't have the control. Something else. Oh my god, I'm going to become that person that really can't do this. And versus the commitment that it's like I've done so much work and I have all the proof in my workbook and in my journal and in myself and in my physical body yeah. to show that I yeah. I do know how to do this. And I did learn the letters of the alphabet to learn how to read. I know I can keep you know putting five syllable words together yeah. if I want to. Totally. It's like I, ha- I do have all these tools now, which to me feels really like a committed practice.
0: Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I think like when we're in attachment, we're like putting all the energy on, like when I get there, then I can like feel better finally. Right. Whereas commitment, it's like, Oh no, I can feel better now. I can feel the way I want to feel now. And I can still go for what I want. Absolutely. And it's celebrating the little wins in that process too. I mean,
1: I think with the commitment energy, it's like you, you can find the ways to find those little nuggets of celebrations, right? Whereas with attachment, it's like, it becomes very attached to a number or an end result. And I don't know that just, yeah. that, that felt so draining to me. I was just like, God, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to, let's move on to More fun things. Let's just get have fun with it. Totally. And and not get all let's lighten the mood a little bit. So
0: I I totally agree. So what do you think of the group? Like, what do you think about being in the group dynamic? You're beautiful, like cheerleader of everybody inside the group. I love having you in the group. And I know so does everyone else. But just tell us like what your experience is like being in the group versus had this been like a one-on-one coaching situation. Yeah. It's so interesting. I think that we all,
1: we all had reservations and I say all in a collective sense, but I think anybody that we, you know, would speak to would say, gosh, I wasn't so sure about the group concept in the beginning. And you and I have talked about this before. I was like, and I can remember the first time I applied and hit send and did all that. And I was like, I cannot believe I'm doing this. You're like, it's totally normal. It's fine. Everybody feels that way. I'm like, no, I really cannot believe I'm jumping in with two feet. I'm, going to go do this with a bunch of people. I don't know from all across the country. And oh oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, here I am in this journey. And I absolutely love it. I really, it's like this sacred group of us that like, it's a really, it's a really unique space, and safe space for all of us to really share stuff that is, is very personal to us. And I think, especially when we're talking about ourselves and our bodies and our weight, and we're throwing around numbers. And I remember telling you one time, like, I can't believe I just talk so openly about numbers. We just share this and no one, and it's just such a, it's just such a wonderful, um,
0: I just keep going back to a sacred space. And I think that there's, yeah, I know when you said the word sacred, I literally got the chills. I was like, Oh my God, that's well, exactly what we're it is all going
1: through these transformations in so many different areas of our lives. And we were all brought together. I really, truly believe this like for a reason. It's funny. I feel like I know you said this on one of your podcasts recently. It's like, we feel like we know each other in real life. And I don't know, maybe there have been people that have met each other, which
0: is, oh, well, yes, there was, but, um, I know. It was so fun. Like I, well, I just had them on the podcast too. Karen uh, and Casey met it's so fun. in Hawaii and then they were like taking pictures like on the beach and their bikinis. It's amazing. Like, oh my God. It's I amazing. Like, like I, I yeah. feel
1: so close to this group of women that it's like, how can I not ever meet them in real life? But it, it's, I, I feel like the universe has a plan for all of us, but the group dynamic is, I think it, it's really something that is so, somewhat unimaginable to start because there is an element of vulnerability that is nobody wants Mm. to be like, Oh, I love being vulnerable. Right. (laughs) No one said no one ever. I'm super super comfortable comfortable. comfortable with my vulnerability. So I think that once you get over that first hurdle of like either being coached or putting yourself out there and feeling just this radiating support and love from all these strangers that we have all gotten to know each other. But in the beginning, we're all strangers, right? And and we're putting ourselves out there to some extent. I think that for like the emotional psyche and the the changes that we're trying to make to our brain, that yields dividends, right? To just be like, you're getting that Mm -hmm. hit from a supportive group of people that you really don't even know. And I feel like I know some of these women even better than I know some of my closest friends. And I think that we create this space where we can talk about things that maybe we don't feel even comfortable talking about our girlfriends about right. And sitting around mm, at happy hour or girls afternoon or book club or whatever. It's just like, we don't get as deep as we do in that group. And, and for me, that really speaks to my soul. I love stuff like that. I, I oh. am really a girl's girl in my house of boys. And so I really cherish my, my female relationships. And this has been really something that I could not have even imagined would be as kind of fruitful for me as it has been that it's, I feel like I've learned to hold space for my friends outside of this group better. I feel like I'm a better friend. I've become kind of a better listener, which is a skill. I didn't realize I needed to, or I wanted to, or could have used some enhancement. I just, I'm a better listener. And I instead mm-hmm. of sometimes I'm with girlfriends and I will be a good listener. And then sometimes I'll jump on my high horse and be like, okay, let's do a model. And in fact, actually, I have to tell you this, is so funny. I was walking with a girlfriend a couple of weeks ago and she was having an issue with her neighbor or something. And then she was having an issue with one of her coworkers. She goes, okay, wait, will you walk me through? Will you walk me through that thing that you like to do? I'm like, yes. Yes. Okay. Not to sound all preachy, but yes. Obviously, someone was listening in, in the group. But You learn from others. And like I said earlier on, I feel like for me, the human experience is certainly made better by others. And I did not expect that it would be as impactful as this group has been to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so special. It really is. Now, since we got all deep and we're talking about sacred and we're talking about commitment versus attachment, now I'm going to switch it over to this quote unquote superficial, which is tell us how much weight you lost, but then we're going to go deep. So tell us like how much weight you've lost over whatever the time we've been together. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I've lost 24 pounds over about nine months. It's interesting. I, I set out to lose 20 pounds. I didn't know, like I said, when I, when we talked the first time, how much you want to lose up uh, 20 pounds. Okay, great. Let's start with that. And it happened by my work. I will give myself that credit. I did the work. I love when you say like, you know, you're the one that did it. It's like, yeah, no, we did. I, I will own that. I did do that work. And, but I think yeah. also I, I, now I've gotten to a point where I I don't know if I've, re- if I've reached my natural weight. And so that's where this has kind of been my mm. next level of growth where I'm like, okay, am I truly using food for fuel? Right. And that's, I'm mm. overcoming kind of this emotional eating, which all of us come in with our, definitely our, um, our own versions of that. And for me, that has been, I can identify if I'm looking for for areas to level up. It's definitely in, in the emotional eating arena. I've moved on from my job in the restaurant world. So I had to go through, and that was actually during this time too. I think when I was thinking about doing my second round. I'm like, I don't know. Cause I think I'm going to leave my job. And I feel like I need to give all of my energy to that. And the best thing that I did for myself was go through a life transition like that Mm. doing this work simultaneously because it mm-hmm. really did anchor me and give me some grounding principles that I, when things felt a little scattered, I knew there was areas in my life that I was very much in control and whether or not the scale yeah. move that week or that month or whatever, it didn't it didn't matter because I just had these, I had these kind of guardrails that were keeping me very comforted through that transition. But with wow. that, change of identity. I kind of had to shed some, I went through a period of a couple months of shedding really that part of my identity. And with that was some resentment that I had kind of to my past job and to like, why did I let myself do that? And why did I, why did I get in that industry that made me feel unhealthy? And now I'm at this place where I had this clarity, but holding on to that resentment for myself, like towards myself was not helping me move forward. And so I, I went through kind of a a metamorphosis of working through that and really shedding that resentment Mm -hmm. and replacing it with something else, a feeling of gratitude. I'm so grateful for that past Mm -hmm. to get me to this place now where I have kind of this very wide open space looking forward. And, and So it's opened up some kind of new goals for me. Like I don't, like I said, I feel like I've, I've kind of shed, I've shed that I'm still working through the emotional eating through this practice, but I think to some degree we all are. I am in a big family. I married into a big family. We're entertaining all the time. Mm -hmm. We love cooking big outdoor meals and doing cookouts and all the things. And like, for me, I don't ever want that part of my identity to go away, but all of that result revolves around food and drinks and entertaining. I think what you're
0: yeah. But I think what you're exemplifying too, is that like going back to like what I've been really big on lately is the concept of, and both, right? Like you can still hold your identity as somebody that's like really fun and lively and the hostess of the hostess and weigh what you want to weigh. Like you can have both.
1: Yeah. And that's where I feel like the, at this stage of my journey, that's what I'm at, that I have not put any of my life on hold. I have still been the social person that I wanted to be throughout this whole Mm -hmm. process, which again, could I have lost weight faster? Probably. Would I have put a lot of my life on hold? Yeah. Was I willing to do that? No, we were just coming out of COVID. We could finally see people again. We could finally travel. We could finally do all these things. I'm going to find a way to integrate this work Mm -hmm. into my life and still be able to do the things that I want to do and know that inevitably Mm -hmm. I will find my natural weight. I feel like in my mind, I feel like I'm probably within five to eight pounds of that. And then when I get there, we'll evaluate there. Like, is this it? Or do I keep going? Or so I feel really, I feel really proud of the work that I've done. I feel really great in my clothes. I feel I loved,
0: I, I love clothes. I would think I said around Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. You guys should see Tori. She is like, looks so cute. she got the cutest, like leopard headband on the cutest top, the cutest necklace. I'm like, Oh my God, why are we not recording video? No, <laughs> you're so sweet. No, I just, I love
1: shopping my own closet. I love that I can go in there now and everything fits. In fact, some things are too big, but like everything fits and it's just fun. I put this shirt on today. I'm worn this shirt a long time. I'm like, Oh, the arms feel different. It just feels different. It's not, it's fun. It's fun. I love shopping. I love clothes. I love styling. I love, I think that it's like you, it's an expression of who we are. And so I think that, um, Mm -hmm. I'm very proud of where I am and sitting kind of on this side of having lost that emotional weight, that resentful weight, that Mm -hmm. identity, that, that weight, I didn't know that I like really wanted to lose until I lost it. And I'm like, well, I'll never go back to that. Like Mm -hmm. my wine belt that's never coming
0: back. Yeah. And the best part is you still get to have wine. (laughs) I get so good to have wine. I just
1: make it work. I just figure it out. I make my plan. I figure out, is this really worth it? We live really close to Napa. And so we, we like to scoot around and have fun and do get up there and do those things, which I need to tell the group, because I feel like that might be my way of getting to actually meet some of these people, wonderful women face to face, be like, come out and let's go to Napa and Sonoma. One of the
0: gals and I were talking about
1: that recently. And
0: I'm like, yes. Okay, here we go. You know, we have so many good destinations. We like. Maui on the docket, Nap on the docket, Nantucket on the docket. So Tori, tell us what your main... I always ask you guys, my clients, and Tori knows this, inside our group, I'm always asking, what is the thought? Like if our thoughts create our results, like if you guys go back to those, we have referred to the model a decent amount. So if you go back to the podcast and you haven't listened to those model podcasts, go back and listen, but thoughts create our results. And I explain that in depth on those podcasts. But if you had to pick one thought that helped you create the result of losing this 24 pounds. And of course, all that represents. What do you think the thought was?
1: Well, I'm going to have two and I'm going to go with the two that really have, I would say thoughts and my mantras that have really carried me through this. One is that's not me anymore. And once I let go of so much, and once I notice, if I notice old habits creeping in and I'll remind myself, my thought will be, that's not me anymore. I don't do that anymore.
0: Everyone has borrowed that too, by the way, which is another... That's why it's so good to be in a group. You guys, everyone took that thought and applied it to themselves. They're like, Oh yeah, Tori, that's so good. I love, good. I'm that, totally one. I love that, that one. And then, so I feel
1: like that kind of alludes to the past. And then my future thought is I love who I'm becoming. And that one has been something that's anchored me throughout too, Ooh. That because I don't know where I'm going, but I love who I'm becoming along the way. So those are two of my main thoughts and and those pop up a lot for me and keep me centered.
0: Oh, it's so great. Okay. Is there anything you want to leave the yummy Mummy podcast audience with any last piece of advice or insight or wisdom? One last thing is
1: the thinking that there's no wagon to fall off of was really something Mm -hmm. that I had never thought of it like that. I think a lot of us come to this with really on or off mentality. You're either on the wagon or off the wagon. And when you Mm -hmm. allow yourself to really ingrain upon your brain, that there is no wagon to fall off on, that you are always on the wagon and you're always on track that results are inevitable, whatever they might be, and certainly as it pertains to to weight loss and and making these changes with habits and and our bodies. I think just that the, the on off shutting get doing away with the on off thinking was really transformational yeah. for me. So yeah. so huge of that.
0: Oh my God, I'm so grateful to you. And I know everyone who's listening is so grateful to you. It's been such a, like, I feel so lucky that you, that like I get to be like, Tori Uh is my Thank you, (laughs) Laura. Like, I just love you Uh so much. And I know that this is going to be so resonant with everybody listening. It's so, it's just so freeing to hear yourself in somebody else's words. And, it gives people permission to move oh, thank you. Well, you are
1: not only our coach but you're really our friend too. So I I really think of you yeah. as a dear friend and I know That's I true. speak for a lot of ladies in our group that are like we just have a really good group of girlfriends. I love it. Yeah. So thank you for everything that that you've done for us and creating this community for us to grow and evolve. Oh
0: of course. Yeah, I love it. Thank you guys. So Listener people, yummy mummies out there. If you want to apply, there is like, I think a week left for you to apply for the Yummy Mummy experience. And so if you want to create results like Tori has created, you better go to the show notes or you can just go to lauraconley.com and click work with me and apply over there. And I will let you know whether or not you're accepted within 24 hours, which is really fun. We start on April 4th and we go for six months and we lose weight for the last time and it is the best. So I will see you inside. Bye. Hey, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you rated, reviewed, and subscribed in Apple Podcast. And if you've enjoyed listening, you have to come check out the Yummy Mummy Experience. It is my proven course and group coaching program where we take all this material to the next level. And yep, you guessed it, lose weight for the last time. So if this is something that you want, head to lauraconley.com and click work with me. The best part, it comes with a body back or money back guarantee. And of course, you guys, if you haven't gotten your free podcast listener gift, head to lauraconley.com forward slash gift. There are three weight loss hacks inside this gift that I am so excited to share with you. These are the three things that I do every day and my clients do every day to lose and maintain their weight. So head to laraconleycom forward slash gift. If you guys don't know how to spell Laura Conley, it's just L-A-U-R-A-C-O-N-L-E-Y. I will see you there.